Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. This week I chatted to LMA Cannon. We chatted about all things acting, auditions, living in LA, a very exciting project she has coming up, and some fun rapid fire questions which turned into an insightful conversation about authenticity. So grab a coffee and enjoy. So welcome. I'm going to get you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Who is Ella? Who are you? However you want to take that. All right. Hello, I'm Ella Cannon. I'm an actress from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I live in LA these days, but I'm bouncing between Canada and the US at the moment. Uh, Yeah. That's great. (laughs) And Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool. Um, Yeah. So you're because you're currently in Vancouver right now. Right. I am. I'm in yeah. quarantine in Vancouver at the moment. I'm uh, I'm just past halfway, so I've got six more days. You're so you're almost there. <sighs> home stretch. Home stretch. Home stretch. Home stretch. But I guess you have like a. Do you? Can you go out? Like, do you have a backyard or like a little veranda or something? Or- yeah, there's a little backyard. Um, so it's a lot easier than the hotel quarantine. But at, on the same note, it's still tough. You know, there's something between just choosing to be inside and knowing you're being forced to be inside. Yeah, um, it does something to the psyche, you know, and it's, um, I keep telling myself, you know, oh, quarantine will be great. I can get all this stuff done. I can write, I can do all these things I want to do, but then you get in there and it, it has this strange effect on your motivation. It's like, I just, I don't feel motivated to do anything. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a really strange time warp you kind of step into. Oh, I, I feel you because I did the same thing here. I was like, wow, I'm going to be so productive in these two weeks. I'm going to be able to get everything done. Everyone was like, yeah, you can do all those things. You can get some writing done. And I was just like, and I couldn't, I think it's your right. The idea of just being forced in here to like have, it's just, it does something weird. Because I was like, I can't, like, no, I don't want to. It's weird. Yeah, really strange. It's a strange feeling, but you're on the home stretch, so. <laughs> All the things we're learning about ourselves this oh, year, hey? Oh, just love yourself. Get really do the deep work. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about your start in acting. How what how was that? How did you get from Australia, I guess, to LA? How yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean it was LA was never really part of my plan, if I'm honest. Um I always knew I wanted to be an actor, which is both a blessing and a curse. Um, I remember going to see a, a play when I was about, I would have been like six, um, that was Jack and the Beanstalk. And from then on, I was stealing my parents' video camera and filming my own little plays in the living room. And I was a really scared kid. Every time I was left home alone, we lived on a farm. So that would happen yeah. sometimes. And um, I would sit out on the driveway and do a, a one woman act play, you know, or sing <laughs> to myself to try and calm my nerves. And so it became a source of comfort for me. Um, and then, you know, through school, I was doing the drama programs and I found my first agent when I was 17 and um, I started, you know, doing little, just little spots yeah. on you know, neighbours or commercials or whatever. And then at one point, uh, my managers were visiting some clients in Melbourne and my agent contacted me saying that they want to have a cup of coffee with you. And I was kind of like, well, weird. Okay. I'm not sure why, but let's go for it. And we had a cup of coffee and we really got along. Um, but you know, I'd only done a commercial and a couple of little spots. Yeah. And so they were like, all right, look, we like you, but you're just not ready yet. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. So 
um, they started sending me audition tapes just to monitor my progress and see how oh, I was wow. going. And I did that for two years um, and flew back and forth to do classes in LA. And I really like, I, I really wanted to turn that into an opportunity. So I, I worked hard to show them that I was working at getting better. And one day they were like, yeah, let's do this. And um, then I moved to LA and I've been doing it ever since. It's, um, it's wild though, how, you know, yeah. I, I really didn't have the, the desire to be in the States. I just wanted to make it work in Australia. And then one person comes along and changes everything. That was my call to adventure. Um, and, you know, it was really exciting at first because I went from, you know, just being a, a beginner in this whole thing to all of a sudden, yeah. you know, auditioning um, a crazy amount and going to Warner Brothers and Sony Studios and all of these places to do all these auditions. And it was really exciting, but also really disheartening because, you know, you, you break your back and you go to all of these yeah. auditions and um, you keep getting good feedback, but nothing really comes. And, and it gets to a point where it's a couple of years in and you're struggling to pay the bills and you're doing whatever you can to stay afloat yeah. and trying to back yourself. And um it's tough and LA is an animal, you know, it's really not for the faint of heart. Um, it's every man for himself out there. And it's simultaneously really exciting because you're surrounded by people in the same world. And so there's a community that pushes you all the time. But um, no, it's tough. I actually, I had a ticket booked back to Australia because I was pretty fed up at one point and uh, yeah. the flight was on a Monday and then it was on a Friday that I got a call saying, no, you're moving up to Vancouver to start working on a series. Um, oh my so God. then that started my two years in, in Vancouver and uh, then I only moved back to LA 2019. So I had one oh good year gosh. before COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, COVID. What was it like working in Vancouver? Like, and the difference between LA, did you find it like slowed down? Because I, when I was in Vancouver, it was like coming from Australia, it was like, whoa, there's a lot happening. But I mean, for you being in LA... Well, I mean, you know, because I hadn't really booked any network stuff in LA, so I didn't have yeah. that comparison. So this was my first really big gig, and it was yeah. scary because I've kind of gone from student films where, or, yeah. you know, independent features where you have your process and what, yeah. what to expect in your mind, but then you turn onto a, a television set, a network show, and they don't have time to tell you what they want. They're like, just get this shit done, you know, and it's... um. Uh, it's a completely different experience and really intimidating and, and no one's there to hold your hand. So um, it was a huge learning experience. Um, it was very cold. I remember that. And um, even just the hours, it, like learning the stamina um, yeah. was a whole new skill set as well. But um, it was awesome. Vancouver gave me my start in the end, you know. Um, I'm very grateful to this place. There's so much work up here. Yeah. Um, you know, the people can be a little easier to handle at times as well. You know, <laughs> it's LA is tough because you're dealing with, you know, yeah. people that have earned their power. But, um, you know, here, here it just feels a little bit more, still more closer to planet Earth, you know. Mm, yes. What would be your favorite thing and then least favorite thing about LA? Oh, I love the weather um, and I love the, I love the community. There's a real buzz in the air, yeah. you know, that it feels like anything's achievable. And if you want to start a project or do a project, there's, there's always someone there to help yeah. you. Um, yeah. And you never feel isolated as an artist, you know, and I think that is such an important thing for us to feel. That sense of community that. is what drives us, right? Um, but the hardest part of LA is, and I think most people would attest to this, is, is that it's, 
it's a really lonely place, you know, it's, mm. um, it's hard to stay afloat. Everyone is out there for a reason. So they're all ambitious. They're all focusing on themselves. Yeah. They're all trying to, you know, cross that hurdle. Um, so again, there's no one there to, to baby you or kind of help you through it. It's important to find your bubble of friends and that's how oh, you make cool. that work. But that takes years, you know, it does. Yeah. Um, and that's why everyone there will tell you that, you know, give LA two or three years before you really start to feel comfortable. Um, it's it's a challenging place and that's a, a good and a difficult thing. You learn a lot about yourself, um, but the yeah. challenge is staying authentic and true to yourself through those challenges. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I agree. LA is a beast. It's, um, worth, it's worth going when you feel ready, you know. It's yeah. um, it really does have everything that you could you could possibly dream of there for you, but you really have to be prepared to grab it. And um, yeah. so I think it's it's wise to go when you feel ready. When you, you feel know? ready. Um, do you have any crazy audition stories that you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got a couple. Um, there was one that so it so in Australia, and this is um, this is completely my fault. This whole thing, but in Australia, when you have a callback for something, right, it's it's always yeah. at the same office. You always return yeah. to the same place, right? And so my first audition, my first in-person audition in LA, I got a callback for, um, and I just assumed that it would be at the same place, right? And it was for a period piece. It was for a network oh. TV show that was um based in you know the Gold Rush era. And I had this big, long period gown that I'd found. I was going all in. You know, I did it for the first audition. It obviously worked. So I was going to wear it for the callback. Um, and I catch an Uber and I rock up at this place for the callback. And I turn up and everyone's kind of dressed in like streetwear in the waiting room. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. And I go to check in and I realize that they're casting for a totally different show in that office. And I'm like, oh my God, no, what have I done? And I open up the email and the callback is on the other side of LA. And anyone who knows LA means knows that that means hours of traffic. So I had to run out onto the street in this huge gown. I'm like trying to call an Uber, but there's construction all over the road. So there's no Ubers around. I'm trying to hail a cab, nothing. I have to run down the street in Beverly Hills in this huge gown. I oh finally order an Uber. I turn up to the callback an hour late. And I walk in and there's like eight producers sitting in this callback. And they look at me and they're like, I'm all disheveled at this point. They're like, nice dress. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and I'll never forget it. I will never forget that audition. I never made that mistake again. Oh my God. But just the panic of like having your first opportunity that is real yeah. and tangible. And it's like, oh my God, this could be the one. It could be the first one out the gate, you know? And for that to happen and for me to enter it in such a state of panic. <laughs> Oh, did you end up just doing the audition were they just like yeah like just let's do it <laughs> oh yeah no they ended up letting me do it um oh which was great but you know obviously it just it it suffered about what we do is that we we're not in control sometimes of of, of yeah. everything that that leads us up to that that moment when we're auditioning and and our instrument is ourselves right so if we're not in a state of calm then yeah. it's it's really hard to get back there, especially when you're green and you're starting out, you know. So Oh my gosh, yeah. Oof. What a lesson that was. I now turn up to auditions an hour early. Yeah, that's <laughs> my anxiety could never like I, I think for me that's the, the auditioning part. It's just always getting there is the worst. Like I can't every time. It's just and then it's the waiting. But like in the room, I'm like, oh it's fine. But it's just having to get to that location. 
it stresses me out to no end. Like I can't. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Which is now it's great with self tapes because it's like I don't really have to stress about getting to yeah, there's, there's like a part of me that likes the self tapes, but there's also a part of me that kind of just feels like an element of charm is kind of lost. You know, you, you don't have that ability to make the connection in the room anymore and show yeah. what kind of a person you might be to work with. And I don't know, I, I always um, I always prefer to be in the room myself, um, bar a couple of times, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, the self tapes give us an opportunity to refine things. I just, I, I worry that can be a bit of a trap sometimes too. You know, you get stuck on oh, perfecting okay. something when oftentimes it's actually our flaws that the book is the role. Yeah. And there's something about that atmosphere, yeah, when you are in the room and they're kind of like, all right, give us what you got. And you're like, okay, so you just have to do it. And obviously you've done all the work and the prep. And then I, yeah, I do miss in person when they can then give you that direction right then and be mm -hmm. like, oh, that's not what we wanted, please do this. And you're like, oh, great. You can't do that in the self-tape when you want, they want two takes. You're like, well, I guess this is the two you're getting. It's just, it's a whole other thing. But yeah, I agree. I do miss that aspect yeah. of it. And just the, thank you, bye. Yeah, connection. The thing. I just miss exactly. connection, that's all. Oh my God, I miss human connection. I know, I miss <laughs> I'm about to get being out of here. in the room with people, forget <laughs> auditions. I was like, I just want to see someone. Oh man, I miss hugs so much. Oh my god, I me too. And I'm about to hug people because I can't hear in Australia. And I'm like, oh, I'm not letting go. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be nice. Savor it, girl. Oh, I am. I will every single minute. <laughs> I love it. Um. Okay, I do want to talk about to you because I have seen your life lifetime film. Um, I watched it with AJ. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> yes, who's killing the cheerleaders? Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> what was your experience working on that? Because I've seen it, so I'm like, I mean, I I loved everything. I look. I'm a guilty pleasure for a lifetime film. I just think chef's kiss, like just. Hey, you know, they, they know what they are and they- Exactly. And they're campy, they're fun, they own it. I, you know, I'm all for it. Um, but I I had actually flown, just flown back from Australia um, in June, uh, back to LA in the middle of COVID. And this came about a week later. So it, it was one of the first films to get started in the middle of the pandemic. And um, they had me flown out to Atlanta and um, it was really wild, you know, because this was my first experience of, of filming in the COVID era. And yeah. I had to contractually agree to quarantine when I was off set. They had me in an Airbnb, not a hotel. So I didn't, you know, have any, you know, come into contact with anyone. Um, I had to get tested every three days. Um, it was face shields all the time, separate green rooms for everybody so the actors couldn't mingle at all, prepackaged lunches, um, you know, all the kiss scenes were written out of the script, hugs were coordinated um, so the faces were facing away from each other. It's, um, it was just a completely new experience and it, it was a little bit sad to be honest because part of the beauty of being on set is that sense of community, right? And I didn't know what the crew or director looked like without their face masks. I didn't know what their faces oh looked like. God. Not once did I get to see that, you know. Um, now I'm friends with them. So, of course, now I know what they look like and they look great. 
but um it was it's just sad you know you miss that level of connection but on the other hand I had also just spent months kind of quarantined and away from people so I was also just so excited and so grateful to be working especially when so many of my peers were yeah. were not um so you know it was it was awesome and fun and I made some great friends and I learned a lot because stamina that you need on a film like that as the lead is just next level you know you don't have time to make mistakes and you have to be able to learn script changes on a dime and all of that kind of stuff and um I actually went on to do two more consecutively for you know the similar networks and um it 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 was it was really wild I I learned a lot I'm really grateful to them yeah that's that's insane what was the audition process like for your lifetime for the film uh for the first one for the who's killing the two leaders it was just uh it was just a single tape tape that's it just a self tape um it went to the director and they were like yep she's the one and that's also kind of the beauty of self tapes a bit now too is that Mm. you're kind of skipping the callback process with with a few roles you know it's just like yeah either you're right or you're not right there's so yeah there's so many there's so many pros and cons because yeah you're so right because I guess with it, yeah, with the self tape, they're like, "Yep, all right, cool. That's that's what you gave us. What we want. Let's do it. Let's book it." And then, yeah, you know, in person, it's like you have to wait for the callback. You don't get the callback. You're like, "Well, that was that then, I guess." Yeah, and you never hear again. Yeah. That's crazy. But, uh, there's the second one that I did was actually uh, with the same director from that one, yeah. and he is the one that uh, wanted to bring me along onto this one, and he had to convince the producers who were worried that I looked too young. So in that situation. I had to do a couple of auditions and a Zoom call to kind of um, prove that I could take this direction and give them what they needed from me. Um, Even though I looked a little bit young for the role, we ended up being able to work past that. Um, So, you know, that's the the wonderful thing about, you know, these kinds of films too, is that you meet someone and then the second one that I did came from the DP of the first one. And then the third one I did came from the director of the first one. And it it, it really is like, as soon as you've got your foot in your little society, you know, it, um, it just opens more and more doors all the time. And that's why it's so important to be easy to work with, to be professional, to to work hard when you're on set. Like when you book the role, that doesn't mean that you can relax, you know, like that's when the hard work really kicks in. And I think a lot of people make that mistake. They have expressed to me anyway that they often deal with actors that don't know their lines and can't follow blocking. And it just makes everyone's job a lot harder, especially on such a fast-moving set, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, for sure. Because, I mean, as actors, you know, we're not the whole... There's there's so many other things that go into it. And there's so many of the jobs. Like, it is, it is a job at the end of the day. But they're like, you just need to get your shit done and then we can move on. Um, you know, but yeah, that's so interesting. And it is true that you said like, it is, it's also just meeting people and like just being a nice human and just networking. I hate that word, but networking. I know, but I it, know. Yeah, it matters. It does. You got to do it. You got to, you got to say hi to those people, but whatever. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> how do you go with networking? How, how's that for you? I look I'm I'm not great at it because I'm not good at, at going out and sourcing my contact mm. I, I feel like when I'm actually in the room where I'm working with someone then I find it really easy to get along and create a relationship but in terms of going out and actually finding these connections or starting them from scratch say on social media or on the internet or whatever I find myself caught up in my own awkwardness and uh <laughs> 
I get anxious. I'm not very good at it. You know, I um, I'm working on that one for sure. Because I, you know, I see my friends that are brilliant at it and it really does pay off. And it doesn't mean you have to be inauthentic. It just requires, you know, the confidence, I guess, to reach out and be like, hey, you know, you can value from knowing me as much as I can value from knowing you. And it's having that sense of self-worth, you know, and uh, as an artist, oftentimes we lack that. So I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Keep working on it. Keep going. Um, I do want to talk about so this felt I don't know how much you can talk about it, Trees of Peace, which is a very yeah. exciting project. Yeah. Um, please tell more about it oh and what you man. can. So oof, this this I just I just feel like the luckiest person in the world to be involved yeah. in this one. This is this is the first time, you know, that a film has come along that I'm like, this is why I do this, you know. Um when I got the script, I was floored by it and um I I hoped to God that they'd want to see more from me and unfortunately they did um it's about four women that are trapped under the floorboards for 81 days during the Rwandan genocide and um basically this story is focused on on the woman's struggle of conflict right Mm -hmm. not about the people that are out there fighting the war but about what the people that are hiding you know go through um it's a really intense story about a, a moment in history that is absolutely horrific and yeah. pretty recent, to be honest. I mean, it was in 94, right? A million people oh died over 100 days. And uh, that was the result of inaction purely because, you know, I mean, nobody did anything. Nobody nobody really cared. They refused to call it genocide in the UN. They called it acts of genocide so that they didn't have to act. And it's a, anyway, I can get into the history of it yeah. for days. but um. Uh, we were just really lucky to finally be able to, um, you know, lend a voice to this story again, something that hasn't been brought to the spotlight for some time now. Um, and one of our lead actresses, Ilian, she is actually a survivor of the genocide herself. Um, so oh, watching wow. her tell this story is, I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking yeah. about it because it, it's really special. And um, we had two other um, women, Charmaine Bingwar and Bola Kolyosho, uh, who... Um, uh, are incredible women and I I was just grateful that as a white woman yeah. I even had a place in that yeah. story you know it was really incredible to watch three amazing strong black women tell this story um, and while it was based during the time of the genocide it, it's really about um, you know four women and all their different kinds of pain and coming together you know it's, it's yeah. about four people that otherwise would never have been in the same room together but um, in this situation and were and they bonded and I mean we had to lose so much weight during the shooting of this film we shot wow. sequentially and just basically had to go on a crash diet throughout that whole thing um, we were in a five by five box oh. for filming um, it's extremely emotional content um, yeah. but we're all really proud of it and we're you know yeah. we got so much out of it like the producers Ron and Michelle and then our director Alana who's an incredible um, incredible woman and our cinematographer Rizzy like I, I it just feels like the most serendipitous film that I could have yeah. ever possibly made and I'm so grateful um, I got to be a part of it so that's um currently doing the um the rounds with the, the festivals at the moment yeah. um it's doing very well I can't say exactly where it's going yet but it's yeah. doing very well we're very excited and um, we think a lot of eyes are going to get on this one so I mean, big things are coming. (laughs) That's so crazy. 
that's, I mean, congratulations. It sounds like a really beautiful project and I can't wait, you know, when it does appear in the world <laughs> for everyone to see. Um, I can be like, hey, I chatted to her. <laughs> but no, I, it sounds amazing. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess as an act for you, it's just probably really amazing to be, yeah, part of something like that that you're so proud of. Um, I guess my next question would be what projects do like that you are really passionate about that you want to tell? Are there stories that you're like, oof, that's what I want to do next? Ah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really, I, I'm inspired by strong characters and, and very human themes. Um, mm. You know, if, if I had to choose a passionate route for me, it would be about, you know, telling stories that, that are very grounded in reality. Um, mm. I am actually working on a project of my own at the moment that centers around uh, the experience of grief. And that's a story mm. that I would really love to get off the ground and, and be a part of telling as an actor. Yeah. Um, so that's where my head is at at the moment. But, you know, it's so, it's so hard because we, until we get to a certain point, we don't get to choose the work that comes our way, right? And we have to be really grateful for whatever yeah. does. And of course, you know, if you really love what you do, then telling any story is fun and amazing and great. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, it, it would be pretty hard to get me to say no to something. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I had to choose something, it would it would certainly be something quite grounded in the human experience. I think that's what that's what excites me for sure. Yeah, that's like, and that's a little passion project that you're working on right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah amazing what's that been like creating because uh, creating your own work which is what everyone says nowadays um <laughs> to do <laughs> which I think is not do anymore there's yeah, really not been, you know um, yeah. and I, I feel very fortunate now with the context that I've um I've kind of collected from uh, Trees of Peace and from these Lifetime films and everything you know I now have kind of a little kit box of people that I can lean on for support yeah. and for notes and for advice and um and even you know for, for shooting so um, I'm currently at the stage where I'm sending out my script for notes and um, I'm really, really lucky to have that support there. And um, I'm, I'm planning on getting it made for sure. I would love to shoot yeah. it in Australia to bring some work home. And yeah. yeah, we'll see how we go. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask, like your, your plan would be to shoot something in Australia. Like, do you miss the Australia? I mean, obviously family oh my God. and everything. Yeah. I would love to move back. I, I'd, I'd love to be there. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's a little bit of a shame because I'm I'm so passionate about Australia and and who we are, but mm. when it comes to the the film and entertainment industry, it, it, there's this this weird kind of feeling that we all have that we don't feel like we can get recognised until we've left Australia and come back with something behind us. Yeah. And so that's the stage I, I kind of feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm I'm kind of getting there, but I'm I'm not confident enough yet that coming back would mean certain work. Um, yeah. And it's it's sad, but I I really hope that we can start making some changes. And I think in the era of COVID too, a lot of stuff is going to start moving to Australia. Yeah. Um, so we just have to keep encouraging it and, you know, yeah, making our own projects and bringing them to Australia. You know, we can take the control back a bit. It, just, yeah. um, it takes getting to a certain point where you know what you're doing a little bit more, you know. So that's kind 100%. of where my head is at. I would love to bring my own work home. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's a weird thing. And, and it's something I am navigating because when I moved to Vancouver so I left because here I was 
told I wasn't ethnic enough or white enough to be cast in the Australian film industry, which is a whole other thing. Um, and then when I went to Vancouver, it like was, you know, I was like, oh, they were like, yeah, of course, you know, I was going out. And then, yeah, it's, it's weird then coming back because there is this whole like, you have to be someone already in Australia or like be at a certain level to be going into those auditions. So I don't know, it's, it's weird to navigate that and find it a is. place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm with you and I think most people would be, but yeah. You know, hopefully it's just because we're a little bit younger in, in that industry and, you know, it, yeah. will, it will catch up. We just got to keep pushing. It will. Just keep going. Yeah. I, I do want to, okay, I want to ask you, because in your bio, so, because you, it said you started in theatre, right? Yeah. And you did yeah. um, a night of production. Was, mm-hmm. where was that? Because I feel like I did a similar production and yes, I just want more details because that just was, I was like, wait a second. The like, um, that, that one we did at um, Chapel Off Chapel in Melbourne. Ah, because I did a similar night of play, but in Sydney. So I was just like, I was like, oh my God, that's such a small world. Like it was like, and it oh, was, how funny. I know. And I was like, oh my God, stop it. That's yeah, that was awesome. That was great. There's there's such great teachers there. And I God, I miss the stage so much, but it's just it's yeah. such a time commitment and it's so hard to pay the bills. But <laughs> I would really love, you know, for for my career to go to a place where I actually can kind of go back to that, go back to basics a bit, you know? I mean, I feel like that would have, I mean, I feel like that's also a thing when you come back to Australia, like a lot of actors do theater here. So, hey, hey. <laughs> That's your path, <laughs> universe. <laughs> come it's on, so come on, <laughs> please. Sydney Theatre Company, you're listening. Um, <laughs> no, I agree. I do. I. What's your favorite thing about theatre compared to film and TV? I I just love that because the one thing about TV and I mean film a little bit less, but TV is that you know, it's so fast moving and it's shot out of sequence. And so you don't really get that journey as a character as much. And you Mm. don't get any kind of instant gratification either. You know, you don't get the reward of even seeing what you've done until a year later in most cases. So in a theater, you, you have this one shot to really just, just dive into this character and, and connect with what the energy around you with the actor in front of you with the, with the audience, the, ah, it's just, it's magic. And that feeling you get when you step out on stage and it's like everything just fades away and you are just in this moment and it's amazing. Whereas when you're on a set, you know, of course it it all fades away to some extent, but, you know, maybe two seconds later it's cut. All right, let's do that again. And you might, you might end up doing it 20 times over because the lighting was wrong or the sound was wrong or whatever, you know, but you just, you don't get that spiritual journey as an actor Mm. that you get on the stage you know that sounds so silly but no I'm so with you I there's also this like I was thinking I often think about like in theater when you're doing you know if you do a show that has like a certain amount of like runs where you're doing it like two times in one day or whatever there's something really interesting about doing the same piece of work over like a month and like every night and that, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, I always found like whatever happened in my day, like you kind of just, you can take that with you and every show is different. Like it's just, there's something really magical about that, even though it's the same thing. You're just like, yeah. Yeah. And then audience. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm sure there's, there's, there's people on Broadway that have had, you know, like 60 runs or oh. something and they're just burnt out and they're done. I'm, I'm no 100%. doubt that happened, but 
um, yeah, you're absolutely right. You kind of learn something from each performance. Um, whereas, you know, when you're kind of shooting just one scene over and over and over again, just yeah. for a day, um, it's, it's just a really different experience. And not to devalue it, because I love it. No, but, oh my gosh. You know, if I was yeah, choosing as just based on the experience of the actor, it would be stage for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's something magical about a theatre. Um, yeah, just even in fact, the fact that, you know, even watching theatre, I do miss that also in the time room. Yeah. There's yeah. something really magical about you're in like a black box theatre and you're, the lights go down and, you know, you're just taken to another world for like an hour which you also do in film I get that but there's something just and you're in a room with like a hundred other people just like yeah it's different it is it's different and it's it's hard to put your finger on what it is exactly yeah. it's just a special kind of feeling and it feels like a bit of an occasion too and I know cinema used to feel that way mm, yeah but they just kind of kept that you know yeah. which is it's kind of rare these days you know oh yeah I get dressed up for the theater I was like why not you know you get it's cool excuse me <laughs> yeah there's something really interesting about that it's I yeah it's a magical feeling of just and then I guess because I mean for me I guess it's like because the act the actors are there like you're just it's all happening in a real time so that's also something magical because anything could happen because we're all human so <laughs> yeah I love it is there a stage play like a theater play that you've seen that's kind of like you know been on your mind or that you remember oh gosh yeah I saw um uh Waiting for Godot with Ian McKellen and oh. Patrick Stewart and oh I mean top that I you know <laughs> yeah I'm not <laughs> wow you know that that was just stunning and that that's a play I've always dreamed of of kind of doing you know um yeah. in a genderless way um I love Samuel Beckett that's one of my favorite plays so yeah that's that's something I'd really love to do one day but that was that was amazing and that's one of those plays that I love because nobody knows what the hell is going on you know it's completely up to you to decide what that play signifies to you and that's what I love about it you can just put an idea on the stage and every single person in the audience can decide what it means to them and I mean that's so cool Beautiful. you know uh, yeah I had to do Waiting for Gatto for like hi high school English so I will admit for like the longest time I was so frustrated with it because I was like <laughs> I had to write about it and I was like oh, what what is happening like hello and then it wasn't until I when I finished high school and then yeah started doing more theater and I went back to it I could appreciate it more yeah it is yeah, a beautiful sure. play oh my gosh stunning I can't yeah, top that cool. that's that would have been iconic that performance oh I mean, those two together, forget about it. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. Okay, I wanna ask you some fun questions. I call them rapid fire questions. They don't end up being rapid fire. So, uh, you know, don't stress. <laughs> Cause everyone's like, oh, okay, no. here we go. All right. Come at me. Here we go. If a movie was made of your life, what genre would it be and who would play you? Oh. It'd be a it'd be a dark comedy, ooh. and uh, ooh, can can I pick someone that's not age appropriate? Oh my god, of course. Okay, uh, Francis McDormand. Ooh, oh yes, yeah. Oh, she's great. Oh, she's I so can, good. Oh, I yeah. 
who yeah. would play younger you though like if like let's just cast the whole thing so <laughs> i would trust uh let's see you know what jody coma oh she's oh yes yeah yeah she's, yeah. she's like kind of sweet but she's got just enough crazy in there you know to make it work i reckon just just a little bit not not too much um what's the best compliment you've ever received yeah you know the one that that always gets me the most is is just you're you're a good person you know that's that's it for me it's that it means a lot to know that you have made someone feel like good because they're in your presence and that's that's the greatest compliment I think that's that's really beautiful. Um, what's a piece of advice you did not take but you wish you did? Piece of advice I took. Oh, don't text your ex. I don't know. You know, and and also just like when you're growing up, you know, people always tell you to just. Uh, to just in, enjoy it and not worry about yeah. the future and just live it. And, you know, I wish I had done a little bit more of that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, really appreciating what I had, like things like being around your family when you're a teenager and all of those things. I wish I, I really cherished uh, them because now I cherish those memories. But at the time I was so like, ah, whatever, my mom and dad, yeah. I know so. it's so, it's so crazy. And I also think COVID definitely, like reinforce that I think you know I think for a lot of people but yeah I mean I think back in my teenage years and I was like I mean I, I appreciated my parents always but I was always like oh yeah like I can't wait to grow up and like get out and yeah now I'm like man yeah. we could go back to teenage I know years. I know I would be such a better teenager now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, what's a trait that you dislike in other people? Uh, a lack of empathy. Mm, yes. Yeah. It bothers me when people are unkind, particularly to the, like, you know, if someone's rude to the server, that's a real pet hate of mine. It's um, just treating people with empathy and kindness. Which I, I feel like just should be common sense. Like just, you know why people like that um would you act differently if you knew you wouldn't be judged yeah probably a little bit mm-hmm. probably a little bit I need to get better at saying no and uh yeah I I think that I could afford to I, I find that I've got my my select people that I'm really authentically just kind of weird with and I'm sure we all have yeah. those people but I know that if I wasn't concerned about what anyone else thought of that I would be that all the time you know yeah so yeah I reckon I would be a little different hmm. yeah it's an interesting question I love asking it yeah I think I feel like there are two types of people that have answered that so far where they've gone no, I am who I am. Deal with it. And then there's the ones that are like, oh, yeah, I think I probably would. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's interesting. Cause yeah, it um, is. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Hmm. Think about that. Take that yeah, with you. Yeah, I will. I will. <laughs> That'll keep me up so, tonight. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess on that, what does the word authenticity mean to you? You know, there's, there's a bit of transparency, I think, that's involved with that. Um, as much as, as what I just said, like, you know, I think I'd act a little bit differently if I didn't think I was being judged. You know, I think certainly there's no part of me that I, I feel I really need to hide from anyone. And I think yeah. that's a big part of authenticity is, is not necessarily in the way you act, but in, in, in your relationships being like, this is who I am, you know, and if that's not okay with you, then that's okay. That means it's not, a, it's not yeah. all right for either of us, but um, this is who I am. And that's a whole that's an entire life's work that one I think we never stop learning how to be more and more authentic because we're getting to know ourselves um but you know I think authenticity is also evident in just admitting that we're we're at that stage of learning that we we don't know everything about ourselves yet and I don't know everything about you or 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 a partner or a friend or a parent you know it's I think authenticity is just coming together and go like hey like let's learn together and let's you know this is who we are right now yeah and it's an always like you're always learning and growing and you know being more authentic I guess as as you as you learn more about yourself in the world I know it's always an interesting conversation I just thought I'd bring it up because I just was like yeah it gets easier as you get older too because you know you notice when you're younger you're kind of like grabbing qualities from people Mm. around you and being like is this what I want to be or is this how I want to act or is this how I want to look and then you get to a certain kind of age and you start to go actually you know what this actually makes me feel good regardless of what you're doing and you you kind of start to figure out what is right for you and I think that's where authenticity starts to bloom you know yeah yeah it's also I mean and then it's also a word that again is thrown around a lot um in this industry where they're like just I just find it's it's out there a lot and I'm like well what is it have you watched Malcolm and Marie yet no Oh, you got to watch it. There's this whole, there's this whole segment on the word of authenticity. Oh my God. We use that word because we don't know what else to say or what it even means. So we just use it. And it's, <laughs> it's true, particularly in, in our art form, for sure. Yeah. So authentic. Yeah. That's so authentic. Just be authentic. What is your authentic voice? And I'm like, I hear the word too many times. I'm like, I don't know what it means anymore. <laughs> like I'm on my own existential yeah. crisis of like, am I authentic? No. Is that what being authentic is? Is this? Oh, it's a whole. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna watch that. That's yeah. Oh, oh, it's brilliant. It's so beautiful. I love me. I love that stuff. I'm like, yes. Mm. It's also so yeah. beautiful as artists to like just you know, because that's what we're trying to do. Be authentic. Yeah, it's a lifelong endeavor. That one, I reckon. It's <laughs> take it to my grave. So yeah, which we all will. <laughs> Yes, and we absolutely died, will. Yeah, died authentically. <laughs> Put it on my tombstone. <laughs> Put it on my tombstone. Um, <laughs> what's the first thing you notice about someone when you meet them? Their eyes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mm. I think eyes tell a lot about a person. <laughs> it's very deep. <laughs> that sounds really cliche, but like it really <laughs> is. It really is the first thing I notice, and just straight away and it's not even just the eyes but it's how they look at you you know what I mean like if you meet someone and they're kind of struggling with eye contact you you know they're kind of a bit disinterested whereas if someone comes in at you eyes locked you know it has an effect on you yeah 
there's there's a certain kindness in people's eyes or a sexuality or a, you know whatever it is but there's a lot that comes through the eyes this is so true. it's a lame answer but I'm sticking with it <laughs> you're committed <laughs> that's lock it in lock it in Eddie yes it is my authentic answer <laughs> yes you are answering these questions authentically so we can't judge yeah. you because of that yeah. Tone of voice would be a close second, I think. Oh, like if someone is very like direct or um, yeah, that's yeah. Like even t- just just their tone, if it's high pitched or low pitched or whatever, you know it, it. Yeah, yeah. I think that has an effect on me as well. Interesting. Do you want to go for a third while we're here? <laughs> nah, mom's gonna leave nah, it. No, nah, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> You made the end of the podcast. We did it. Woo! Yes. Thank you for coming on and chatting. Thanks for having me. It was great to have a little chat. I know. Thanks to AJ. <laughs> I know. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, AJ. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we love him. We love him. Thanks for listening to the Coffee Chat Podcast. Feel free to follow on Instagram at coffeechat.podcast and share the love. You're awesome and I hope you have a great day, night, or afternoon wherever you are and I'll see you in the next episode.